0: This is a great day for Family Church, all across our congregations, they're meeting together again in person, but you know, I want to give a big shout out to all the pastors of Family Church that navigated our church through the last 18 months. That's a year and a half. I can remember being here on a Sunday morning after our Empower Conference 18 months ago, and we said, it looks like we're going to be shutting the doors for a couple of weeks. Little did we know that was going to be a year and a half. But I'm so thankful for our pastors and our leaders like Wayne and Nikki and Stu and Carla and all the guys that you just kept on going. You just kept on going. We needed to connect people. You connected people. I'm so thankful for the the outreach teams like Di and Annie. We fed so many people over this time. The church never shut down. We just stopped meetings in buildings. But now we're back. But I just want to give a big public shout out to, to Stu and Carla, to the assistant pastors. You're amazing. We're back and we're strong, amen. Hey, the good news is not only have we got gatherings today in different places again, but we've got an online church now. But I'm actually mastered being in two places at once. Right now, I just saw on the computer, I'm preaching in the Empower Center. That's amazing, isn't it? Is there anything that God can't do? We've got an incredible online church now, and we want to keep on letting that go. My dream for online church is it will keep serving people that can't get to church at this time. Maybe because of work or COVID consciousness or or stuff like that, but it keeps serving them. But also, we have a dream, believe with me, I want to see our online church go into the hospital. I want to see our online church go into hospices. I want to see online church go on cruise ships. Apparently, it's a cruise ship watching this morning. That's hilarious. People on a cruise ship watching online church. I mean, come on, we must be good. They could be watching Walt Disney movies, but they're not. They're watching us. That's brilliant. So believe with me, hey, we've got all our congregations meeting together, but we've got this incredible online church now where Sarah's pastoring that, leading that, and I think that's amazing. But a warm welcome to each and every one of you. It's a new day. We're blessed to be the other side. Come on, let's believe that there's no retreating or going back now, that we're back for good. Now, lockdown challenged and proved uh, a number of things. In people 's lives, I want to speak today about foundations. I want to speak today about the importance of having not just foundations but good foundations, solid foundations and healthy foundations. You see, what we 've just been through over eighteen months, it really challenged and proved a number of things in people 's lives. You agree? It, it, it proved community, it proved family, it proved a whole lot of things. But in the midst of it, I believe that it also proved um, what was going on with people's spiritual life. What people had going with God when no one else was around. Now, like we said, we thought it was going to last four weeks or so, 18 months. That's a long time. But in that 18 months, I believe it put a demand on every believer to prove what they had going in their life when there wasn't a crowd on Sunday morning when there wasn't a place to go to on Sunday morning, when there wasn't church as we used to know it. And it's interesting that I saw people fall into, this is a generalism, but I saw people fall into three key categories over this time of lockdown. Maybe not the first four weeks, maybe not the first six weeks. Here's the three categories that when I've bumped into people, I felt that they fell into. Number one, there were some people but drifted away from God and God's people. And some of them, I don't even know where they are today. It's like they were on a lilo on South Sea Seafront, and they're probably the other side of France now. I don't know where they are. Some people, the moment that we removed our meeting together, drifted away in their walk with God. And that really saddens my heart. And my prayer is that we would see every one of them return. Some drifted away and kind of got just lost in the moment. They disconnected from God, but they also disconnected from God's people. But then there was another category or group of people that didn't drift away, but they plateaued. And they've been really honest with me. They said, you know what, Andy, over a year and a half, I didn't advance in God. I just kind of plateaued. I got lost in the orbit of what was happening. I got into a flight pattern of what was happening. I didn't lose my walk with God. I didn't lose my love of God's people, but equally, I didn't really move forward from what I had before. He's the God that can restore everything. Amen. But then there was another group of people who chose to lean in, posture themselves, press forward. And I love that. In my life, that's what I purposed to do. That's what I encouraged my family to do. Listen, this may be different, but God's not different. This may be different, but he's still king of kings. He's still worthy of, of praise. He still has a plan to grow me. His plans for growing me aren't related to a building. They're a daily walk with him. And so you had some people that drifted away. You had some people that plateaued or paused their walk with God. And others that chose to lean in and press through to something new. I'm really, um, I'm not thankful for COVID and lockdown. I'm not saying that. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But I am thankful for what God did in me during an unprecedented, unusual time. It made me discover God in fresh ways. It made me grow in God, and I'm thankful for that. I hope you guys are going to get the fruit of that. Now, what actually happened over the last 18 months in this time where people were responding to God and to God's people, it was actually revealing a couple of things to us, two things specifically. Number one, people's personal walk with God. What's going on with you and him personally when the crowd is removed? And those are good lessons. They're valuable lessons. But also, it revealed the presence of and the strength of. I'm so happy to hear the seagulls again. Even the seagulls. Sing, seagulls, sing. They used to get on my nerves, those seagulls. Sing, my little feathered friends. People listening to this are going, what's going on? But this season that we've been through together, it also tested, revealed the presence and the strength of people's foundations in God. And those who had some are still around, but sadly some didn't have foundations and that was the problem, and so they drifted away. But like I said, I'm believing for all to return. Foundations we've discovered are always key and crucial. Now when you look at a bridge, let's think of the bridge that joins Portsmouth and the mainland, you did know that Portsmouth was an island. Some of you are in shock right now. It's called Portsea Island. And when you come over the motorway, you've got that beautiful flag. That's actually a bridge, like the Eastern Road, connecting you to Portsea. Some of you are like, this is revelation. This is revelation. Now, when you look at a bridge, let's make it smaller, maybe from the mainland to Hailing Island. I lived on Hailing Island for a number of years. You don't look at the bridge and go, oh, nice set of foundations there. You don't. You drive over it, you go, nice bridge, looks like it's just been painted. Smashing bridge, that. Enjoyed that bridge. But the reality is, probably the most important part of that bridge is its foundations. The effort that people put into the foundations when they were building the bridge, that it would withstand the storm. And that no wind or seas would be able to pull the thing down. In our lives, foundations are key. They're key we need to make sure that we're always allowing the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to grow our foundations. One of the best examples of this, which is probably the saddest example I can use, is the Twin Towers and what happened in, was it 2001? In 2001, we know that the Twin Towers were hit by terrorist attack. Planes went into the side of them. Though they were destroyed and later on they began to fall, in the moment that they were hit by a plane, they didn't crumble. Do you know an interesting thing that somebody taught me once, that when they were designing the Twin Towers, this is kind of bizarre, but when they were designing the Twin Towers, they designed the foundations to sustain the buildings being hit by a plane. Isn't that bizarre? Little did they know what would happen in 2001, on that September day, when planes came into the Twin Towers. But the Twin Towers remained standing for enough time to let some, sadly not all, But some get away. You see, the design of foundations in your life isn't an optional extra. It will hold you in times when things are unprecedented. I was kind of thinking about this a little bit the similarity between that horrible, tragic moment of the Twin Towers back in 2001 and what we've just experienced or walked through together in lockdown. There's a couple of similarities. Number one, it came out of nowhere. I can remember I was on a plane coming back from Australia. We'd been preaching in Australia, me and uh, Pastor Steve from Haven. We got on a plane. It was middle of February. We were coming back. People were beginning to wear masks. We landed in Dubai Airport. People were wearing masks. And I remember talking to Steve going, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with those guys wearing masks? Little did I know within a couple of months, everybody would be wearing them and toilet rolls were no longer available. (laughs) If you would have told me that... I would have stored toilet rolls, because some things you can't play around with, right? (laughs) It came out of nowhere, but also it had a terrible effect. Instantly there was a terrible effect, and also it instantly caused confusion, fear, and panic. As soon as it happened, people journeyed in, not everyone, but some journeyed into fear, confusion, and panic. Come on, joking aside, people were fighting over toilet rolls. Fighting in supermarkets, over bog roll as we call it in Portsmouth. (laughs) Confusion, panic. That happened whenever there's a strike on something that you think is secure. You respond, but your foundations determine your longevity. Everybody still with me? I know it's warm, but come on, it's just wonderful sweating together, isn't it, really? Getting sweaty together, come on, it is. Well, I want to be back in my living room. No, 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 let's sweat, come on, let's sweat. Now, in many ways, you know, there's these similarities. People's foundations, you see, not just in this season that we've been through, but in every season, are really key when you enter a time that's unprecedented. Jesus taught on the need for good foundations, didn't he? I'm not going to read the verses. Most of you know the parable, Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Jesus says there were two guys, and they both built houses I don't believe that they were in different neighbourhoods. I believe that they were neighbours next to each other. When I used to read this in kids' church, I used to think, one over here, one over there. I don't think that anymore. I think they were right next door to each other. The difference of what caused something to remain was the foundations that one man built. It says, two men built a house each, and one built his house, and he built it upon the sand. It looked brilliant. It looked like a beautiful house. Another man took some more time, because it takes a little bit more time, Another man dug a little bit deeper and placed foundations under his beautiful home that looked like the person next door. It says, then all of a sudden, Jesus says, a storm blew up out of nowhere. Storms come out of nowhere. And the storm began to beat, not against one house, but against both houses. The rain became on the righteous and the unrighteous. The attack came against everyone. Yet the man who had built upon the sand, everything he built was gone in a moment. It was as if he'd never built it. But the man who had built upon the rock... He was still there to tell the story, the other side. God wants us to be, what's Jesus, what point is Jesus making there? He wants us to be people that are there, the other side of unprecedented moments. But we won't be unless we're people that dare to dig in, build foundations in our life. Now, we need to understand that the foundations of our lives as believers, they could be a few of them, but to me there's two specific ones. Number one, the greatest foundation in our life is Jesus Christ. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Just seeing how many old Pentecostals we had in the room. That's a great song. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is it's sinking sand. See, we understand that for every one of us, the foundation of our life must, number one, be a personal relationship with the person, not the religion, the person, Jesus Christ. Let me read to you from First Corinthians chapter 3. And it says in verse 10 by the grace of God by the unmerited undeserved goodness and favor of God by the grace of God has given me I laid a foundation as a wise builder this is Paul speaking and someone else is building on it now that's talking about the pastor and the people he's leading i can give you a strong foundation which i will but i can't make you build upon it paul's saying i've laid like a master builder a reliable, trustworthy foundation. But I can't make you build upon it. That's all purpose to build upon what God's doing in our life. But it says, but each one should build with great care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And again, when you look in the verses, Ephesians 2, verse 20, it says that what we build our life today on, our beliefs on today, are what the apostles or the early church leaders taught with Christ always being the chief cornerstone. Don't ever build on anything that's not got Jesus at the centre of it. So we build our life on a strong foundation when we purpose not to build upon religion, but to build upon the person of Jesus Christ. He's the solid rock, he's the cornerstone that's immovable in stormy days. But also we choose to build upon what I would call foundational truth. Especially truth concerning who we are in Christ and what he's done for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. You see, having these fundamental truths established in your life as foundation stones will cause you from drifting when no one else is around. One good thing I'm thankful in my life because I've been under good teaching for a number of years is that Christ didn't move in the last 18 months from my life. Neither did the truth of what the apostles, Paul, John, taught me concerning what Christ had done for me. My salvation was never insecure or in jeopardy because our fundamental truths hold us strong like the man that builds upon the rock. So, okay, if we were going to talk a little bit theologically today, this next part would be... The need to protect your theological stones of truth. That sounded difficult, didn't it? What I'm basically saying is the things that your beliefs are built upon. Now, the theological stones of truth, don't be scared of the word theology. It's just the study of God. That's all it means. But what I'm speaking about is we've got to be people, not just in a season called lockdown, but in every season, who know how to protect the certain stones or boundary stones in our life, that the things that we believe, not what we say we believe, but the things that we believe, because the things you believe will determine how you think and how you live. You live and think from the things you believe. We need to make sure that our beliefs are always built, number one, upon Jesus Christ, but number two, upon foundational truth that should never be moved. Now, there's a verse that I love in Proverbs. Actually, two verses, it's only one chapter apart. And I believe that this is relevant to what I'm saying today. I'm going to read you it from Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, I'm going to read in verse 28. It says, Do not move an ancient boundary stone that has been set up by your ancestors or your forefathers. Now, I'll unpack that verse in a couple of moments. But then the writer in Proverbs, the very next chapter, says the same thing again. It's like when Jesus said, verily, verily, he was saying, word up, listen up, zoom into this, it's important. The writer of Proverbs is going, listen, this is so important, I'm going to say it again. And he says in Proverbs 23, verse 10, do not, never move an ancient boundary stone. Now, what's he speaking about? Is he speaking about boundary stones that divided land in the days of Israel? Yeah, maybe, but I believe the significance of this verse to us are the stones of what we believe that's been taught by the apostles that we still build our lives upon in 2021 as they did when they first walked with Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. See, boundary stones determine where you go and where you don't. We need to make sure, and for me, this lockdown season highlighted for me the importance of us being committed to discipleship, not just conversion. We've got new projects and new plans in family church. Now that when people get converted or they, they find Christ as saviour, we instantly get alongside of them through something called disciple makers and walk with them for six weeks to help them get boundary stones under their feet that will carry them for a lifetime and beyond. That's exciting, isn't it? So this verse, do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your ancestors or your forefathers. Number one, it says, do not remove or allow to be replaced. There's certain truths that are peripheral that don't really matter that much. They're just kind of important. But there's other truths in Scripture that should be non-negotiable. Truths concerning Christ and what God has done for us in and through Jesus Christ. To me, those are the boundary stones that if anyone comes to try and move them from your life, you need to go, don't touch that. Don't touch that. You're not moving those boundary stones because everything I am and will ever be is built upon those truths that were put in position by my forefathers. Now, I'm not talking about your unsaved granddad or great-granddad. I'm talking about what we learned from Abraham back in the Old Testament, what we learned through the prophets, but specifically the things that were established by those who first walked with Jesus Christ, Peter, Paul, John, James, all of those that left us an instruction book that we would know as a Bible on how to live in a way that God would have us to live. Let's not allow anything that's modern to remove what our forefathers in the faith placed in position, giving their lives to do so. They didn't do it cheap. So that we, in 2021, could have solid ground beneath our feet that was immovable in times like we've just been through together. Everybody good? Give me a wave. So we need to make sure that we're not going to allow foundational truths to be moved, destroyed or disturbed in our lives. Not just from seasons that are unusual like lockdown, but by confused or compromised people. Sometimes people don't want to live in the truth of God's word because it doesn't accommodate the life they want to live. So they change God's truth to bring him down to be like them. And then they come to you and say, do the same. You need to say, respectfully, with all the love of God attached to it, get stuffed. Get lost. You may have chose to sell out to something that pleases your soul, but I'm not going to. I'm going to continue. You can call me old-fashioned. You can call me a fuddy-duddy. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And all that good jazz. I'm not moving the boundary stones because they've worked under my life for 30 years. And they've kept me strong not just through lockdown seasons, when me and Gina went through stuff that was rough. We've been through it as well, when we've struggled through things, when things came against us. We were in moments where things looked hopeless. It's true, right? We're not lying. We have been. You know what helped me to keep standing the truth, it's the boundary stones of God's word that said who I was. So we need to make sure that when we mix with people that want to compromise it, bring God down to be Johnny round the corner, we're saying, no, he remains the awesome one and we're allowing our lives to come into him his image not bringing him down to be like us but also we need to protect ourselves especially living in an age where there's so much social media youtube facebook um, experts speaking over youtube that if they didn't have youtube they would never be allowed on a church stage because they're idiots and they're deceived a whole bunch of them they don't know the word, yet YouTube gives them a perfect platform to come into your home, into your life, and tell you what's true, even when it's not. Now don't get me wrong, there's some awesome people on YouTube. There's some incredible teachers of the word on YouTube and on Facebook. But I've got to be honest with you, there are some, de- there are some deceived idiots too, that are promoting stuff that's not even biblical, But people love it because they have itchy ears and they're blown away by a new wind of teaching that allows them to do something they couldn't do before. Be careful. Be aware. Use social media, but don't let it cruise into your life with a platform that these people wouldn't have. Some people that have been on on Facebook, I'd never let them on this stage teaching you what they're teaching on Facebook because I love you. I'm your shepherd, I'm your protector, I'm your pastor. But isn't it amazing that they can just come into your home and into your life? Be careful, be careful. It says, in the last days, in the last days, many will fall away. Why? Because they hear doctrines and teachings that are not foundational truth. Come on, let's protect foundational truth. Even if we're called religious, it's worked for 2,000 years. Now, I can never get this word out correctly because I'm from Portsmouth, but I'll try my best, all right? It's called modern progressivism. Thank you very much. Modern progressivism. Pride nearly took me out on my second chance there. Modern progressivism. Now, modern progressivism, I can't not do it now. It's, It's like when I first learned to say Mephibosheth, I was off. Now, modern progressivism comes in and says, the Bible was relevant for its time, but now we understand science more. No, I'm sorry, his, his word is relevant always. It's not relevant for a previous time, it's ever relevant for every person, for every life. It's not a cornerstone for people years ago. Yeah, but we understand science. No, no, God invented science, I'm sorry. His word, you're discovering what he made. But there's a lot of teaching today available on the internet, which would be modern progressivism, which would go, oh, that was God then. He's immutable, my friend. He's not able to mutate. That's what the word immutable means, unable to mutate. God changes not. God changes not. His truth is truth now, just as it was truth then. We need to understand the immutability of whatever it is, that word of God. A lot of big words today. I'm exhausted. I'm going to have to have a sleep this afternoon. <laughs> protect your life, guys. How do you protect your life? You understand the boundary stones of God's word. Who he is. Who he's, he says you are all that he did for you in his death, burial, and resurrection. We make those boundary stones non-negotiable. So no modern progressivism, confused people, compromised sounds, pull us away from living a solid, God-fearing, God-loving, God-flourishing life. So today I'm kind of teeing you up a little bit. I don't know if you knew that. Because I want to spend the next few weeks, I may do some of them, some of the other pastors may do some of them, but I thought it's really important coming out of a time where foundations were tested to talk about some of our foundations. I know we may have preached them over the years, but I just think this is an important time to make sure everyone has boundary stones that are correct under their feet. Not because of where we've come from, but also because of where we're going. I'm so excited about where we're going as a church. I'm so excited about what God... I don't know about you this morning. I had such an appreciation for church this morning. When, when I came back in this room, I had such an appreciation. Sometimes you don't know what you got till it's gone. Come on, did anyone else say, oh, this is awesome? Come on, let's, seriously, let's get on set-up teams. Let's get on break-up teams. Let's get on kids teams. Let, let's not any apathies we may have had before. Stop us doing what God wants to do next. All right, let me bring this in for a landing because it is hot, it is sweaty, and if I keep trying to say progressivism, I'm going to get it wrong, all right? What are some of the keystones of truth? How salvation is a gift of grace, not works. That's got to be a solid stone beneath your feet, otherwise you'll always end up with a factory setting of trying to make God love you or save you When he already has. Grace not works. That's got to be a boundary stone under our feet. Here's another one. Righteousness by faith. I'm looking forward. I'm going to teach that in a couple of weeks. Righteousness by faith. That a man or a woman is not made right before God by the things they do or the keeping of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Well, surely a person should do righteous things. Yeah, but let me ask you this. If a man's made righteous by faith in Jesus Christ, do the righteous things he now does make him righteous? Or was he righteous already? These are some of the things we're going to spend some time talking about. Now, I believe that a righteous man will do righteous things, but a righteous man doesn't become righteous by doing righteous things, but by faith in Jesus Christ. These are boundary stones, my friends. We need to get these under our feet. A couple of other subjects, justification and sanctification. Whenever the Bible says ED at the end, like you've been justified, it means past tense, it's already happened. Whenever you read a a word in the Bible that says sanctified, justified, it means it's already taken place. If it's got ED at the end of it, it's happened. We need to understand that through what Christ did for us in his selfless sacrifice he has already justified those who have placed faith in him we've been sanctified and I'm going to dig into this subject we've been sanctified we're being sanctified and we will be sanctified that'll keep some of you coming because you've always wanted to know the answer to that one come on these are boundary stones guys these are the things that kept me strong in lockdown Every morning when I woke up, I didn't doubt my salvation. I didn't doubt his love for me. I didn't feel that I needed to do anything to warrant his affection. I knew that he'd made me righteous and now put the law that was once on paper in my heart. It was natural for me to live his way, not forced. And I really believe it was those things that kept me personally strong in the time when we did church a little bit differently. All right. So the next few weeks, is it okay if we just take a journey together? I know you've probably heard Grace preached a thousand times. Would you let me preach it one more time? Just so that we can understand it. Because we've got to make sure that the stones of our beliefs are in place, but what we're believing is true. Because if you have a belief stone in place, but what you're believing isn't true, you're not going to stay strong when God intended you to. Right? So what we're going to do... Your foundations are key to where you've come from. They've been proved during that season, but also where you're heading next. Let's check over the next few weeks on a journey we take together that our foundational stones are firmly and correctly in position. And we know what we believe concerning grace, righteousness, justification, sanctification. And these key things that are apostolic truths that were never meant to be moved. Because the moment they're moved, people will drift away to places they should have never gone. I'm excited. We're going to take a journey. We've been on one the last 18 months, but we're going to take a journey. And we're not going to look at anything new or exciting. We're going to look at something old and exciting. Things that should be cornerstones In who we are. But when we wake up in the morning, there's no doubt about our righteousness. There's no doubt about how we're saved by grace, walking in his mercy. But these are truths that keep us strong when the sun is out and shining bright. But also keep us strong when the wind is howling and the waves are beating against our lives or our family. On Christ and the truth of what he achieved for us at the cross 2,000 years ago. That's solid ground. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you need to understand that he's already given his life for you. He's not going to do it. He already did and he didn't even ask your permission when you didn't even know him or think of him he gave his life with you in mind you see he's our savior he's our lord but he needs to be received because he's not a bully he doesn't kick his way into your life the bible says that he stands and he knocks and if you let him in he'll come in and he'll make home with you and he'll start a journey of making old things new, making weak things strong, sick things better. But ain't no one like my Jesus. Ain't no one like my Jesus. But it all starts with a simple yes. When he says to us, do you want me? Do you want to enjoy what I've done for you? Yes, Lord. Yes. I'm going to pray a prayer in a few moments that just gives people an opportunity to say yes. I'm so thankful that I'm looking around at people that we knew before lockdown, but I'm seeing a whole bunch of new faces too. We want to give you an opportunity to say yes. And the moment you say yes, we're not going to leave you alone to work it out on your own. We're going to give you someone that will walk alongside you to answer all of your questions, to help you to understand what you need to understand. We're not going to get you to pray a prayer and leave you on your own. We want to walk alongside you and help you to discover everything that God's got for you. Can we all pray this prayer? I've missed doing this. I've done it alone in a room with a camera. It's much better being with people. Let's just pray this prayer together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving Jesus to be the cornerstone of my life and my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me, for taking my place. Thank you that you welcome me into your salvation, where you remove everything old and make all things new. Yes, Jesus. I want you Jesus, I need you Jesus, I receive you Jesus.